Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we just talk about all things education and ride wherever the cold fall breeze takes us. How you doing, Maya? I'm doing really well today, James. How are you? I'm doing awesome, and we have we have a fun topic today, and, and I'll just throw this out there. The, the World Series just ended, and for all you non-Braves fan, bear with me for a second, but... For us Braves fans, that World Series was pretty epic and pretty awesome. We waited 25 years for another one, and that's going to lead us into our topic today. We get to talk about sports and activities and their what is their real value in school and kind of all those pieces. So we're excited with a sports theme to, to, to attack whatever comes at us. So with that in mind, I know Maya has been pondering some things right off the get-go. So what do you got, Maya? So I've been thinking about as we get back to school and we have some chances to have activities and engage, you know, a lot of students participate in sports and, you know, what's the real value of that? Sometimes it's really stressful for students with making teams and, you know, getting to practice and balancing that with your homework and, you know, all of those things. And I think that, um, you know, kind of I was thinking about the pros and cons of the value you get out of engaging in extracurricular activities versus the extra work and stress that it might add to a student's schedule. And I think that expands a little bit beyond sports to other clubs and activities that you might participate in as a student too. So that's kind of where my mind was going as far as we think about this as a really good thing for students, but, you know, is it? So what do you think, James? Well, Maya, you bring up a, in that piece right there, you use a word that I think is very important. When we talk about value, when we talk about this being an extra value, whether whatever the activity is, whatever the program is, it brings extra value to our kids. And sometimes for me, as I hear you talking about that, but as I've lived my life in athletics, uh, from from being an athlete in in high school and college, to coaching uh, my entire career, I, I think about value. Who gets the value of the sport, the activity, and how do we define what that value is? Does mom and dad get a value for saying, my son or daughter is a varsity, whatever it may be, football, basketball, volleyball, whatever athlete, or they play this activity, they're on this traveling club team, Parents get that value, but do kids get the same value? Is the value of the competition, the value of work ethic, the value of all of those things that we oftentimes associate with sports, or are kids getting the value of the idea of, well, it's social. I get to go hang out with my friends. I get to go do things with the friends. The parents' opinion of value and possibly the value that we're getting. And then you take all of those and you put that into a big ball of, I don't know, this is Cowboy Ed, so I don't want to say what it might be a big ball of. And then you add in this piece of, well, is enrollment or participation in school activities on the increase or decrease? And if you take a football team, and I love football, but if a football team 
and all the players represent oh 20 percent of your student body and yet they account for 80 percent of your budget are are we really looking at this from a value perspective what is the value for all these groups involved in there so I know Maya, you have a daughter that's that's involved in sports right now as well. And so when you when you think about that value, what do you see as your value of her being in sports? And what do you think her opinion of her value is in that? So I think that's part of my struggle right now with the good and the bad or the positive and the negative of this is because she's really strong academically and it's busy. And it's a busy time of the semester. And so you have club sports finishing up. She plays basketball for the high school. Um, she's been on the varsity team since she was a freshman. And so the expectation of her skill development and leadership and going to the non-mandatory practices, right? All of that is kind of gearing up. And she's also trying to take care of academics. And research tells us that we end up with higher academic performance by students who are engaged in, you know, extracurricular activity. And as a parent, I'm looking at my daughter and seeing a mismatch between that information and the reality of, as you put it, the value that she's getting out of it. And, you know, I think it, it gives me pause because I am a sports person, right? And I probably fit in that camp of being, you know, that proud parent of my daughter and how athletic she is, both my daughters are, and, and you know, how easily they achieve or how hard they work to achieve, I guess, both of those you're proud of as a parent. But thinking of it from that learner perspective, is she getting value out of that? You know, right now, this minute, I would say, I don't know about that because she's pretty stressed out as a student. And I think that, you know, you had all of that time off from COVID and you're gearing up into, you know, more, more opportunities for engagement. And so it's, it's a big difference between how we've been most recently and how we are this year. And I think that intensity is pretty high because we've missed some opportunities to participate. And so I think that's kind of like a, a yin and yang answer as I'm, you know, talking about this going back and forth. But I think it's two sides of a coin that, you know, have to be deconstructed a little bit. Well, I think you, you touched on two. Well, I'll, I'll just say one in particular could be a highly controversial discussion, uh, depending on who the people are in the room and what, how that conversation goes and and there is this belief and and you stated it that we have research that shows kids do better academically if they're involved in activities whether that's a basketball team or speech and drama but they do better well let's be honest they do better because they have to be eligible and they have to maintain that to just be able to participate so the bigger challenge here is, is, and this is, I hate, I hate to throw this out, might ruffle some feathers, but if a kid's only doing well in 
whatever subject you put out there, English, math, science, social studies, don't care. If they're only doing well in that class so they can participate in an activity, what does that say about what we're teaching in those classes? What does that say about what we're doing in school? I'm willing to put up with uh, this torture for six, seven hours so I can play basketball, football, wrestling, be in the speech team. That's a pretty, I, 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 I feel like teachers should be offended by that. Schools should be offended by that. Anybody that values education should have, take some umbrage with that statement that they do increase. Well, they're not increasing because they love learning. They're not increasing because they like English or history or science. They're Increasing simply because they want to play or participate in this extra thing. So I, I, I'm going to throw that out to you because I know it's controversial and I just sprung that on you, Maya. What, what do you think? I think that's a great, it's a great thought, a great question. You know, you said something about students enduring the day to be able to get to do the activity that they want to. And I think that that gives us a space to reflect as educators and say, you know, if that's really the case, then, you know, what are we doing in our classrooms, right? Are we doing enough to engage them in the content so that they feel like they're having meaningful days? And I don't know that we collect that information, right, from students. I mean, we have all kinds of performance data and attendance data and, and that kind of thing. But do we really pay attention to students, you know, if they like class, if they are engaged, if they feel like they're learning something, you know, just that whole, it gets at that fundamental kind of original education foundation class of what's the purpose of school. And as teachers, sometimes we have to go back to that you know, starting place of our own preparation and say, you know, what is the purpose of what I'm doing in class? And I think that, you know, that's, that's a whole different podcast. That's probably a whole different series of podcasts. But I think that teachers need to think about that whole day of students. And hopefully, they're getting a lot of touch points where they're engaged with something and it's not just, as you said, trying to endure the day so they get to do that one thing that they like. And I think that could be, you could apply that to anything, right? If the one thing I like is science, hopefully your science class is really engaging and you endure the rest of the day so you can go to science. Like, I think you could put that in an academic space as well. But oftentimes it is exactly what you said, where students are coming to school and trying to keep everything afloat because they want to do that one thing that they love. So I think the question there, maybe for all of our listeners, is how do you bring student passion into your class or into the school environment in general? And how do we even know what those passions of students are, right? I, I think extracurricular activities, because they're choice-driven, give students that chance to pick and explore passions, which could very well lead into careers or um, 
hobbies or things that they sustain their whole life. But, you know, do we, do we think about how to do that in, in our classes or in our school environments in a purposeful way? So I think that's a question to kind of just put out there and, and explore a little deeper. You know, it, it brings up a lot of important ideas. When we think about a coaching staff, when we think about uh, a team in that sense, even uh, if you're putting on the, the school play or speech and drama, a, a coach has assistant coaches and, and different coaches specializing in different pieces. And if we look at the school structure, we have paraprofessionals and teachers' aides and all sorts of different things mixed into a school day, uh, but very seldom. Are they ran like a team? And a team is a good model. Sports teams are a good model of delegating authority, working to your strengths, building off of those things. But in school, oftentimes a para, uh, an extra adult that can help, is following students around and not working in a team environment in that science classroom. And throughout all the periods, and that teacher is coaching their class. And so it, it brings up this, this whole conversation uh, is, is potentially a, like a five, six hour mini series that, that we could continue on. But I, I want to throw a different direction because that's part of what we do. We want, we want you to think about a lot of things and hopefully share your ideas with us and create good discussions. But we oftentimes think about the skills that kids learn being in sports the value of hard work, the value of teamwork, character building, all of these kind of things. But you don't have to go very far on the internet or, or look in the newspaper to find examples of how sports from professional all the way down to you know, little league uh, is becoming more and more about me, about the one person on the team who does this great thing. And then there's conflicts and there's all of these things. So I pose that question. We look at the value right now. But one of the big questions that we really don't look at is comparing some of these activities, comparing football and basketball to speech and drama to maybe some other activities that maybe, maybe we don't even really think about anymore. What do these students look like at 30, at 40? And, and when we think about what do these kids look like, value, are they dealing with chronic ankle pain? Are they dealing with knee injuries? Are they dealing with back issues? Are they dealing, um, are they overweight? Are they underweight? Are they, what is their health, their physical health look like as a result of some of these things that we told them we're going to make them a better person, that there's a great value in this. And, and we could probably find lots of examples out of both sides of this, but I think it's worth thinking about discussing, saying, is this really what we want? How many kids have came back from an injury so they can play in that playoff game just because, and, and in the whole scheme of life, how important really is that playoff game and whatever, whatever state you may be in. So I'll punt this back to you. And, and what do you, another one out of the dark, surprising you with that, Maya, what do you, what do you think? Well, I have a, a real, you know, timely experience with that. So my oldest daughter graduated in 2020 and she was in the final four state playoffs for basketball 
when COVID hit and they were, you know, they had won the final four game and left thinking, you know, we could go all the way. And by 11 o'clock that night, they were done. And, you know, several years later, you talk to her about that and she's like, yeah, it's okay. You know, like she, at the moment, the world had come to an end, right? Because basketball had ended without a resolution, right? It was done. And they didn't know who won and they all, you know, whatever. So, you know, that experience was very atypical, right? You don't typically just stop a a championship in the middle and say, yeah, we're done. And so they had to, you know, figure that out in their lives. And, you know, it's not that big of a deal, even just two years later. So I think that, you know, you bring up some really good questions about, you know, in the moment as athletes or drama students or in the band or whatever, that's such a part of your life. But how does that carry right through the rest of what you're doing? And I, you know, I think that you pose a really great study that we should engage in and and talk to some people about how that's impacted their life and where they're at, because it's such an interesting, interesting idea. And when you're wrapped up in the moment in those educational spaces, whether it's, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, or even college, it seems like it's the most important thing ever that you're dealing with at the moment. But, you know, is it really? And I, I don't, we don't have that answer. And maybe for some it is, but in my daughter's case, it felt like it at the time. And just a short time later, it wasn't that big of a deal. So I don't know. I, I think you bring up a really good question too about that skill development and all of the things that we can gain out of the activities that we engage in. And as educators, we think about all of the things that are housed in our buildings, right? Sports, drama, band. I'm sure I'm offending someone by leaving something out, but all of those activities, right? STEM activities, robotics club, whatever, everything. But what about the students who get a job after school, right? They're excited to make some money to get into an area that they're interested in. You know, I think that provides skills and opportunity and, you know, benefits. And we have a lot of students that also need a break from school, right? They're excited to get out at the end of the day and go do something else. And they engage in activities that help them build skills or help them, you know, have that chance to do what they really like and explore their passion, but it's not necessarily connected directly to the school. And some of the things in that space that I think about are like blogging or creating, you know, a YouTube channel where you're hosting things or demonstrating skills or whatever, or, you know, game casting. And those are three areas that, you know, this technology generation gravitates towards either as consumers of that information or those creators. So, you know, do those count as extracurricular activities? What do you think, James? Oh, this this ride is just going all over the place and definitely hot. I think they have to count. To answer your question, um, do I want to see kids online more and more playing video games and doing different things? Well, I don't necessarily want to, but that's a different generation. And are they competitive? 
Yes. Do they socialize? Do they learn social skills in doing that? Yes. Do they learn skills that potentially are more valuable than how to pass a basketball? Uh, throwing a game like uh, Fortnite, which was incredibly popular a few years back. Uh, the idea of virtual building, being able to see something in a 3D space uh, is going to be very important for them moving forward. So uh, whether I like it or dislike it, it has no meaning now, but is that, do we need to look to promote some of those opportunities? And let's be honest, having a, a, a gaming team, if you will, is far cheaper than a football team. I mean, in fairness, is far cheaper than any athletics program we're ever gonna we're ever gonna put out there. So it goes back to that cost analysis and where do we where do we get this value? So I'm gonna throw something out there to ponder as we come to an end here. Sports in general are about winning and losing. We can say they're not. We can say it's about the value of the game begin but let's just put it out is if the play is terrible and people don't buy tickets and it's not one of the great performances yeah the play sponsor doesn't get their job back if the football team wins one game over two or three years there's a new football coach sports is about winning is school about winning is learning about winning is is learning an actual winning process there's a defined winner and loser so something to think about as the wyoming wind blows through our horse's ears as our ride comes to an end here so we thank you for joining us and we're going to continue this conversation and we just want to share one more thing make sure you're sharing our podcast make sure you're commenting make sure you're talking and let us know if you have any questions so we'll see you on the next ride head them up move them on move them out head them up head them up move them up cowboy on the run As the Wyoming wind blows through our horse's ears as our ride comes to an end here.